This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. What is cracking, Sucker Faithful? Back for another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I was supposed to have a guest this week, uh, sort of fell through. I mean, in this day and age, with the times that we're going through right now, I'm not surprised that uh, things may not be planning or going the way we seem, because nothing seems to be going the way we seem. But we're going to have a bit of a roundtable here, an MMA sucker roundtable. I'm joined by Andrew Benjamin and Josh Ewell. Andrew, thanks for joining me this week, man. No problem. Thank you for the invitation, Jeremy. Very much appreciate it. And Josh, thanks uh, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Thanks for having me here. Now, I know we're all three of us are from different necks of the woods here. And uh, here in British Columbia, Vancouver, Canada, uh, we're seeing it, it's interesting with the whole COVID-19 thing. We're, we're not on full lockdown yet. Uh, Andrew, what's it like in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, I'm in New York City, so... Uh, probably between the two where you two are living, uh, I know you're in Kent. Uh, are you in Vancouver? Yeah, Jeremy? I'm in Vancouver, yeah. And you, uh, and Joshua, where are you? I'm in Bedfordshire, England. Okay, so I don't, I don't know what it's like in, in the rest of the UK, but I can tell you New York City pretty much sucks here. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the most simplest way I can put it. Uh, as you probably heard uh, just today, uh, the president Donald Trump said that he might uh, put a, uh, a a a, a, a city wide or quarantine on New York City and other uh, eastern states like New Jersey and uh, Connecticut. So yeah, we're not doing too good up here. We're not doing it's it's, re- it's pretty bad up here, unfortunately. Have you been uh, on sort of house arrest kind of thing for for the past little while? I mean, obviously, you just said that he might put a a statewide lockdown on, but you yourself, have you been sort of social isolating just by yourself inside your house and only going out for the necessities or what? To, to the, yeah. Um, to, for the necessities. Um, it's very hard to tell New York pe- people in New York city to stay home and s- sit down and do nothing just generally as I don't know if you've uh, seen on the news as well. There are people who are just still do, going about their daily lives, whether that's, you know, or doing uh, outdoor recreational activities like playing basketball and the basketball, outdoor basketball courts, going to the park. Uh, so it's it, it's I so I live in Brooklyn. I'm not in Manhattan where I, I'm, I'm told that it's like it's virtually like deserted at this point, which is like incredibly surprising because Manhattan is bustling every day. But I'm in a quiet part of Brooklyn, so it's it's not it doesn't seem it's not out of the ordinary. But when I go to when I've gone to other parts of Brooklyn, it's like oh my god, I can't believe there's nobody here. So yeah, but yeah, in terms of uh, isolation, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm out of work technically. Uh, film and TV business is not doing anything here uh, in New York, so I'm at home just basically watching wrestling, MMA, and playing video games. So that's my <laughs> way of social isolating. That sounds good. Yeah, basically the same thing for me. I have a family, so I'm I'm out and about a little bit just to get you know the needs, groceries, pharmacy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've been basically self isolating. I've been trying to work out here at home as much as I can. We're not on a full uh, province wide lockdown yet, but they are 
handing out fines and stuff like that. The police are going to be handing out fines for businesses that aren't self-isolating or social distancing. Uh, the six feet uh, suggestion, they're going to be giving $50,000 fines and individuals that they see outside like playing basketball or football or soccer on the field or something like that, they're going to be handing out $1,000 fines for those people. So, I mean, if it has to get to that, it has to get to that. And, and what's it like for you, Josh? Well, um, we're sort of stuck in a bit of a fuzzy area right now because the government's obviously tried to put all non-essential businesses on lockdown, but it's been kind of a little bit fuzzy about what is or isn't a non-essential business. So you end up with situations like they've reduced train capacity because they're expecting less traffic. But so many businesses are still calling in people that you get similar amounts of people. So there's actually less space on the trains, which obviously isn't a great situation if you're trying to limit the spread of a highly contagious disease to have everyone packed together like sardines. And uh, even our uh, our uh, prime minister has been stricken with the, the coronavirus. So um, the government's sort of making efforts, but people in this country, I feel, are too used to sort of getting by without being told what to do. So things like lockdowns aren't really... I mean, this isn't normal, but normal operating procedure for anyone, but especially in Britain, I think it's taken a little bit of a hard time to stick, if that makes any sense. Completely does. Now, for those people that are listening that don't know exactly where you are, um, you're talking about your prime minister and whatnot. Wh- whereabouts are you? Oh, I'm in Bedfordshire, England, the United Kingdom. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen photos out there. And, I mean, obviously photos can be photoshopped or, or said that they were taken today or yesterday and actually they were taken years ago. But I, I did see the UK subway or the London subway system jam-packed and they compared that to the Toronto subway system, which had one person on it. Um, so I don't know how things... I mean, it's it's such an interesting and evolving thing that's going on in the world. We, do, we don't exactly know when or if... It's going to stop. What do you think about that, Josh? Uh, I mean, it's just sort of... I really just feel like it's hard for people to get the, get the message, basically. Especially young people. Mm. Well, I mean, I suppose it is young and old people. Um, I'm not sure... Um, did you catch uh, Gooden, the um, UFC I did, uh, yes. commentator? Did you catch his uh, video? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he was talking a bit about that. It's that sort of attitude I feel that permeates the the society, and I think that's going to be that. It's not going to be everyone, but it's just enough people who don't care, and I think that's going to have a pretty negative impact in the future. I think the thing that makes things interesting is th- that it could die down. Uh, bad choice of words there, but it could die down, and you know because of all the social isolation. And then who knows that when they say, okay, yeah, you guys aren't self-isolating anymore and you guys aren't don't have to social distance, is it just going to ramp back up again? Uh, what do you think about that, Andrew? Ah, uh, you know, it's so funny. I've been thinking about the exact same. Well, my the bigger question I have is if when, when we get the word that, like, it's been contained or the curve has been flattened, that's going to be the statement of the year, flattening the curve. I wonder, are, are people just going to go back to, you know, not wearing masks? When, when, when I say people, I'm, I'm specifically talking about, like, the West, United States, Canada, uh, UK. Are we going to go back to not wearing masks in public, gloves? 
are 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 people going to just be forever paranoid? That's the question I think is the strong question. Are we just will this always be in the back of our mind as we go forward, or not? I don't know. It's very. You know, it seems. I don't know. At, at, at this point, I feel I feel like people are are just. It's it's almost gonna this 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 whole thing is just gonna be so stuck in the back of their head that it's it might just be. I I don't think we'll. I don't know if we're going to actually go back to quotes normalcy or, or how we were before, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that answers your question. It, it def- <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it answers it in a way. And I think that if anything, it, it's doing Mother Nature a, a very big positive. Oh, yeah. I, like I heard the, that pollution in, was it San Francisco or, or like parts of the United States where there was like heavy pollution are now... There's there's now like no smog. There's there's more animals coming uh, like appearing. People are are seeing the sky like the stars and all that stuff. So in that terms, in that terms, yeah, environmentally, it seems to have uh, done good. But the question is, <laughs> the big question is, if this ever happens again, or if there is a huge relapse in COVID cases, will we? I, and I'll say the United States and uh, and Western countries be better prepared, or are we just gonna kind of just rest on our laurels? And that's to me is a bigger question because when you have countries like Taiwan, and I know that Taiwan's a much smaller country, country, um, and other uh, other countries that I'm I'm trying to remember that round, but probably the best example is Taiwan that have managed to control uh, this 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 pandemic. Uh, are we going to learn from that or are we just going to, you know, we're going to, you know, want, want, you know, for the next one, will we have another shortage of hospital masks and ventilators? You know, I don't know. And toilet I hope, paper. I hope for the best. <laughs> All right. Let's move from one negative to another. Let's actually talk some MMA. Uh, we broke, the news broke, actually not us, but the news broke on Thursday that UFC light heavyweight champion John Jones yet again really to no one's surprise, was arrested, uh, this time for aggravated DWI and uh, negligent use of a firearm in Albuquerque. Josh, I know you you fired up the article real quick for us over at MMASucka.com, and we appreciate that. Uh, talk about this, man. Were you at all surprised when you heard John had done this yet again? I think the, the thing that's surprising about this was definitely the timing. I think, like... <laughs> How much trouble can you get up to while you're... I mean, John was even vocal. Jones was even vocally about this, saying, stay in your house, people. It's not that hard. Stay in your house so I can go out and uh, drink and drive freely, I guess he meant. But um, I I don't think anyone was expecting during all this for so much trouble to come out. Um, but I don't think it's surprising behavior. He's hasn't faced a huge amount of consequences for doing this in the past. He's probably not going to face a huge amount of consequence for doing it now. I mean, like if, if he does, if you don't punish someone for it and they show no willingness to change, they're not going to change. And I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, people were mentioning, it was kind of surreal seeing articles about Jones doing the same old things, Going up at the same time, we were getting articles about Connor donating that money to um, the the no the not the money the million euros worth of medical supplies to mm-hmm. um, hospitals in Ireland. 
because um, one's obviously Jones is just back to being Jones, but also Connor maybe trying to make a PR move. Maybe he genuinely has changed, but no, wasn't surprising at all, really. Now, what, Andrew, what what does this do for Jones? I mean, in the past, everyone's asked, does his antics outside the cage tarnish his legacy inside the cage? And, you know, he came back and two very close fights in his last two outings. Um, arguably, a lot of people thought he lost both of them. Uh, but what does this do even more for his legacy in mixed martial arts? Well, I do, I do will say the one positive is that this time he did not hit a pregnant woman. So that's at least the, the one positive I'll say about this incident. Um, as for a tarnish, I mean, I know the debate is it's kind of like the separating the artist from the uh, from their personal life debate or however it goes, um, whatever the saying is. Um, I think he still goes down as one of the top light heavyweights of all time. I do think that I think the the talk around him being the top guy. Uh, I know that Joe Rogan's like to say he's the best MMA artist, uh, mixed martial artist of all time. I don't know if I would go that far, but given I think more of his two recent performances, Dominic Reyes and Thiago Santos, and probably more of the Santos, uh, not, not Santos, the Reyes match, we get the we've seen that he's definitely not the same fighter that he was eight, nine years ago when he was facing Rua, Mishida, uh, Bader, uh, those guys. Because um, I think, I think I don't know if, if it's the miles that are catching up to him or he's just not taking it seriously anymore, but there's definitely, he's definitely not the same fighter that he was at all. But this, this John Jones, if, you would, if I show this, this John Jones to some, somebody who's not an MMA fan and the John Jones that fought Rua uh, or Mishida, I I would expect him to say that that's not the same fire. Those are two different fighters. So, regard, I don't I I don't think that the, will these incidents have any effect on his life. No, in fact, actually, I I probably think that this will hold this one. Given what's going on in the world right now, it'll probably be forgotten in, in about three or four weeks. If there was a fight coming up and he was involved, maybe a little bit different. But I think this will be another situation that's just swept under the rug, and uh, you know we'll. Eventually have to. I think we should have a John Jones countdown for every time he does something illegal or illicit, and just you know every time he does something like that, we just reset the clock because it just seems to be, it just seems to be a it is a common occurrence uh, in his life to do these things. <laughs> Over under bets or something like that. You know, there's mm-hmm. many drinking games that we could have for John Jones these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Josh, what do you think about his legacy being tarnished? Um, I don't think this is going to tarnish his legacy. In fact, I think Jones's controversies have probably been the best thing that's ever happened to his legacy because the story that has been evoked around him as like the best ever, but like incredible talent, but he's always been having this looming over. The fact that he's been able to keep winning, like, as you say, very controversial decision with Reyes, and a needlessly close fight with Santos, who had blown out a knee, um, have, like, putting those aside, he's still winning. So I feel that this this sort of controversies, I mean, they've been around him for years and years. Then I don't think they tarnish his legacy. I think they make people create a story in their minds 
where he was the greatest ever, but he had all these things hanging over him. Uh, imagine if he wasn't such a screw-up. So that that narrative, I think, is maybe more evocative for some people, and that's why they put him over someone, say, like GSP or Aldo, who had similar runs of dominance in better divisions. Um, whereas, say, someone like BJ Penn, for whom when he fell off the rails, he started losing immediately because... Like, he was in lightweight. He was in an extremely competitive division. He was fighting Frankie Edgar, one of the greatest lightweights ever. So when Penn fell off the rails, there wasn't any, like, it was immediately apparent. For Jones, he both has the story, but he's also kept winning enough that he can sort of still make the case. And he's definitely the greatest light heavyweight of, of all time. Like, no contest. He's beaten probably, like, half of the top five. Like, impossible not to have him as the best light heavyweight ever, which is not something you can say for any other division. Well, like, yeah, except maybe for sure. welterweight or featherweight. Yeah, but, d- definitely. I, I agree with you there. I think that it, it's tough to take outside the cage antics and uh, take them over his in-cage ability because, I mean, some of those fights, he, he even stated that he didn't train at all for them. He was partying and doing cocaine and, and all this other stuff, yet he went in there and, and absolutely dominated those performances. So it's tough to tough to take away from that. Now let's move to a- another topic at hand. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov is expected to take on Tony Ferguson. This one's been played out numerous times on paper but we've never actually seen it play out in the cage because of injuries and, and whatnot. And UFC 249 could be tarnished yet again. Um, Dana White saying that the fight and the card will still go on. And he says in an interview, funny enough with Mike Tyson, um, that he has four or five different locations that they're looking at. Josh, do you actually think this plays out? And, and if it does, where is it going to happen? Uh, well, I can tell you that I already know the number one reason why Dana's trying to push this so, so hard. It isn't because, well, it might be because he's interested in seeing who would win between those two. I think the main reason he's pushing it so hard is because he wants to be able to set up Habib Connor too, which would be the biggest fight in MMA history, money-wise. But I'm going to be honest. I don't think he manages it. I think this is something too big for him. I think... That he's going to, if I, but if he was going to do it, I'd say Middle East. Fair enough. I've I've heard new. I, I've yeah. Go on. Sorry. I think that it's a combination of being a bit far away. I mean, obviously, you have places like Iran, but I think maybe a bit easier to create a place where they can train in safety away from the coronavirus. But also, going to be blunt a country which is willing to maybe put aside the safety of its civilians and host a ridiculous white elephant by martial arts event in the midst of a global crisis. So you need the combination of those two. It's not like Russia where like you have number two, but you don't necessarily have number one. Like you need also a bit of distance and you need the ability to um, basically have a leader who will put that sporting event at a higher priority than it should be to be blunt for sure and i mean i i've 
obviously we've heard Middle East. It'll be interesting to see how they can get an American, uh, Tony Ferguson, over there. Um, I think an- another place that got brought up was Florida, which is very interesting. I know, obviously, the Spring Breakers have, have been in Florida partying, and they haven't been doing much about them other than until this past weekend, which I heard. But, uh, Andrew, do you think this fight plays out? And and another thing that I want to ask is Dana White also said that the fight card is not going to look the way it did. It's It's going to look much different. And what do you think of that? Could this just be Tony versus Khabib? My hope, you know, it's so. Was it? Is this the fifth or sixth time this fight has been? been tr- they try to get it off the ground. You happen to know, Jeremy? I believe it's five. Josh, five. Yep. Yep, it's fifth. I don't know. A part of me kind of just cancellations. A part of me just hopes that this fight just keeps on getting canceled, and they just keep on rebooking. And just ne- there's something kind of just funny about that. Just this is a. This will be the sixth time I, that they've tried to do this fight, yep. and uh, uh, and it. May looks like it may not happen for Florida. I mean, I know the uh, United States, uh, Florida is considered like a big joke and very lawless in its own right. I can't see even Florida doing this, you know, they and especially in April. We don't know what the what the conditions are going to be like, uh, ju- like even next week for this for the COVID. Uh, I think they just found out that a bunch of those uh, spring breakers, those idiot spring breakers, uh, ju- contracted corona uh, <laughs> while partying down there. Um, and Florida, I know that that city, I think it was Orlando, just put down a, a, a citywide shelter in place, I believe, for that city. So I'm not so sure where you would even have in Florida. Like, would it, I don't I can't perceive being an empty arena. I can't. I mean, when they say secret location, it sounds like they're going to do it in a warehouse or something. And it's 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 gonna, you're going to have to like knock on a door and somebody opens like the little the eye slit and says what's the password. That's what I'm. That's what it sounds like. I don't know. I, if, if if this fight does happen, I honestly I cannot see it realistically being United States at all. Florida, Texas. Alaska, I, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Um, I apologize. What was your second question, Jeremy? The fact that Dana has said that this fight card won't look the way it was supposedly initially stated. You know how they always say fight card is subject to change. Well, they say that this one could be looking much different than what it did on paper when it was initially planned. Uh, I have. I honestly cannot think of what he what he would mean by that. I mean, what I'm wondering is he, is this fight card just gonna be Tony versus Khabib? You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. that's all anyone really cares about on this card, and that's all mm-hmm. Dana White really cares about for this card. Could they just put on the one fight match? It would be interesting. I mean, you know, they do. It would be on the UFC uh, that the the ESPN Plus thing. I'm guessing so. I guess you could get away with that, uh, since. But with, I'm, I'm just trying to think. What would be the? Would you charge a? They charge regular uh, price, pay per view prices. I think what was it fifteen, fifty dollars, sixty dollars, whatever it is for those shows. I think. Um, would could you? Can you? Would you expect people to shell out that amount of money to see a one fight match? I presumably, you know, one of the biggest matches in UFC. It's ballsy, I'll say that. 
if they go ahead, you know, hey, you know, good luck. That's the, that's the <laughs> most I can say. Well, I mean, I guess you could. I get realistically, realistically, you could do that. You know, if you want to make, if you want to make it like an hour long show where they just show highlight videos of the build up to the fight, and then the last thirty minutes are the fight itself. I guess you could do that. It would be a first. It'd be interesting first in MMA history, as far as I can tell. Yeah, well, I mean, they, you know, like the the very first Fox card, um, where Junior Dos Santos fought, they had a giant lead up to that fight, and and it was like documenting the fight itself. It was their training camps. It was a build up. It was, and I know early boxing days they did the same sort of thing. There were wrestling matches that did the same sort of thing. There were obviously preliminary fights, but they weren't aired. They only aired the main event. Now, what do you think of this idea, Josh? One person main event. I think that'd be the last resort. I think that they'd try to scrape together people. You know, there's going to be someone, someone. There's going to they're going to be like Cerrone or someone who'd be on like, <laughs> yeah, uh, who cares about disease? I'll, I'll do it. You know, there's going to be some people who just crazy enough or desperate enough for a paycheck. But um, also, I think if that all, if everything fails, I think they'll just get a bunch of regional people and say, hey, do you want to be on the UFC? And just try to like fill up the card that way. I I think they'll only do a single main event at a last resort. That being said, if they still did it, it would still sell. All the hardcores would buy. Completely Whereas agree. I think the same thing. People only buy for Habib anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the fact that people are sitting around in their houses, I think the only thing that would stop them from buying it <laughs> is the fact that you know many people are out of work. But I think that. If this were the case, if it came down to this, the fact that they've tried to book this five other times, I think people would definitely buy it. Mm, yeah. All right, Andrew. I mean, last thing I I'm got. Not, oh, go on. Sorry. Go on. Sorry, Josh. I was about to say, um, I don't think, because, I mean, obviously the hard course, this is an insanely historically important lightweight fight because they're both on, like, 12 fight winning streaks. This, But I think, Tony, for some reason... They, I feel like they found it relatively hard to market Tony. I think they're going to find it hard to market. Like, it feels like he's someone still, like, not unknown, obviously. He's very famous. But it, in terms of casuals, he doesn't have, like, for someone who's got so many antics and is also undefeated in such a popular star-studded division, it feels odd to me that Tony isn't a super big star. But then the UFC only seems to have like two or three super big stars anyway. So basically, I, I still feel like this is going to fly under the radar for a lot of people, despite its historical importance and despite how popular Habib is. But it is still going to sell a lot, just on Habib. For sure. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before I let you guys go. Submission Underground. Uh, Submission Underground 12 goes down this Sunday, oddly enough. I know I mentioned it in our group chat, and I said, who's going to cover Submission Underground this Sunday? And then, Josh, you piped up and went, what? Like, surprised that it was going to happen, because everyone in the world is quite surprised. But, you know, Chael Sonnen being Chael Sonnen, making things happen, uh, letting local guys fight. I'm not sure how the main event is going to go down, because Craig Jones is from Australia. Um, facing Kevin Casey. So we'll see how that plays out. I know Roxanne Modafferi pulled out of her fight because she didn't want to travel. Carlos Condit did exactly the same thing. He was expected to face Jake Ellenberger. Um, I know that 
a local buddy of mine actually got offered to take on Jake Ellenberger. He wasn't allowed to cross the border. Uh, so plenty of things going on with Submission Underground, but it is still playing out. It's going to air Sunday, UFC Fight Pass. It's going down live. What do you think, Andrew, about the fact that Chael Sonnen and Submission Underground is still playing out? Uh, well, you know, Chael Sonnen is going to do what Chael Sonnen does, and that's 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 kind of how it is. If he had asked me personally, I would say, "Listen, I know, I know you're the you're the gangster from uh, from the mean streets of uh, whatever sh- town he's from in Oregon." But no, let this one slide. You know, I, I, last I checked, uh, I think the number of cases of coronavirus in Oregon were over 450, and I know that's, I guess, a relatively small number when you compare it to uh, well, what's going on in New York City, where we have of five digits uh, in terms of uh, people affected, but it's did they? I just, if, Jer- Jeremy, can you just clarify for me? Are they doing? Is it an? Is it empty arena or are people allowed? No, to empty come arena. Yeah, it's okay. yeah. It's gonna be like okay. Fight Club. <laughs> I guess even with barring that, you know, like you said, I don't know how Craig Jones is even going to, I'm guessing he must've come in like weeks in advance at least, and must've been holed up somewhere, uh, maybe in, a in Oregon, if he's going to still, if he, if, if he's in the United States right now, uh, the other people on the card, you know, I think Roxanne Modafiri and Carlos Condon made some very good decisions and, and willing to, and turn it down. Um, it's, I know the, th- the the funny thing is that so I watched the K one show from Saturday uh, last Saturday, uh, which went on at in Japan and you know the funny thing is that people were paying attention to that show because there was nothing else on and I think that's probably why Sonnen thinks you know putting on the show is probably better now because he'll be running virtually unopposed in the combat sports world there'll be nothing else going on and I guess he's hoping maybe they'll get some extra eyes on the show but. I mean, it's a huge risk. It's a huge risk for everybody going into that show, whether you're competing or you're working the cameras, Sonnen himself. I I don't think it's the smartest thing to do. Um, I mean, it would be... I would, would have told him, just postpone the show at least for a month or something. Don't do it now. You don't... The Imagine the fallout, you know, you find out, oh, Craig Jones gets uh, COVID-19. Just imagine the the absolute the lunacy. There would be a shitstorm behind that, and it could potentially hurt submission on the ground in the long term. Josh, as I said in the lead into this uh, question or comment or topic, you were uh, quite shocked at the fact that this was still still going down. Uh, Still in shock. To be honest, like, after getting over that, it kind of makes sense. I've always said that Chael Sonnen, he's an easy guy to like, but sometimes he's a little hard to respect. And I'm going to reiterate that now. This feels like a completely unnecessary maneuver. Maybe it's just because I don't like Submission Underground, because I watched the Submission Underground cards, um, and it was just not great. Um, But that might have been, like, just because I heard the main event was unusually disappointing. Because yeah, that last main event was terrible. <laughs> yeah, but um, main events you talking about? The, the tag, tag team, team main event with Craig and uh, they faced Nikki they Ross. faced Vinny and uh, and Kyle Bam. 
and Craig didn't even didn't even get in there because of how the tag team rules work. Yes. But um, the main thing is, I'm going to be honest. Um, you mentioned K1, which people were saying was amazing card. Um, got loads of eyes on it, especially Takaru's emotional po- post-fight speech. Where, if you're not aware of the um, context, listeners, the best uh, kickboxer in K1, Takaru, really, really wants to fight the best kickboxer in rise uh tension and they've been trying to start this fight for years and it is the it is the habib tony of kickboxing and because of company issues they haven't been hasn't worked like i think tension even got banned from k1 events because he kept going and jeering at takaru so that's that's how much they want to set that fight up um on Cage Warriors, same thing happened. People got a lot of eyes on it. Um, like this is when did I've never heard anyone talk about as much a Cage Warriors card as that last Cage Warriors card. And part of it was they got a couple of UFC fighters on that card. But here's what I think: in the moment, you're going to make some money off it. You're going to make some money off it just because there's no contest on TV. Like there's like wrestling, no other sports. You've got submission underground. You've got maybe the UFC card in a few weeks, and you've got um, Cage Warriors and K1. But people are going to remember this. People are going to remember this after the coronavirus. They're going to go, "Hey, which which organizations decided to you know go for the quick buck?" And people are going to have their like, no one on this planet is going to not have someone they know die from this. Everyone is going to have someone they know die from this, and they're not going to forget. That some companies decided, hey, while everyone on the planet is stuck inside, held hostage, why don't we be the people putting people's lives in danger to put something on TV to make the money quick? And Chael's got a history of making shady business decisions. He has had criminal charges brought against him for making shady criminal decisions and defrauding people. This is completely in character for him, to be perfectly honest. And I think it's a bad decision from a moral ethical standpoint and i think it's a bad long-term business decision i mean if you're unless you're i mean even if you're my business might go under are you really going to be that guy are you really going to be the equivalent of the guy hoarding hand sanitizer in his bathroom to sell on amazon you heard that's, it that's, here folks that <laughs> josh you will uh, stated his point. You heard it. Thank you guys for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. Another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. Josh, I'll, I'll hand the mic over to you right now and just let you plug anything you've got going on, your social media, uh, any articles you've got in the pipeline or anything you want to plug. The floor is yours, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, hopefully on Monday, I'm going to be coming out with my article on um, the Pride 2000 Open Weight Grand Prix going to be talking about Sakuraba, going to be talking about Igor Vovchenshin, going to be talking about Guy Metzger, and um, yeah, I'm going to be talking about the sort of thing that just could not happen today, because they usually don't let you make welterweights fight heavyweights, or fight people for 90 minutes straight. <laughs> that doesn't happen a lot anymore, but um, yeah, I'm going to be talking about lots of fun things, so definitely check that out. Andrew, uh, the floor is yours, man. Plug your stuff. Oh, uh, yes. So uh, 
If you uh, are a fan of Ryzen or JMMA or anything that's Kagutogi, uh, you can listen to my podcast, which focuses on that at We Are Ryzen Podcast. Uh, Twitter is at We Are Ryzen Pod. If you want to follow my personal page, it's at Avenger One, where I basically just talk about pro wrestling. And uh, in terms of uh, stuff for MMA Sucker, I just recently talked to a fighter who will be making his pro debut in Pancreas in, in May. So you got that interview to look forward to uh, uh, very, very shortly. As always, make sure you check out the podcast on any podcast platform, whether that's CastBox, Spotify, iTunes. Check us out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, give us a review or rating. And uh, you can follow MMA Sucka on Facebook, MMA underscore Sucka, uh, on Twitter, at MMA Sucka, on Instagram, MMA underscore Sucker, or follow myself, Jeremy Brand 604 on Twitter, and Jeremy604 on Instagram. That is about it for this week. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. I'm out.